Oh, we're recording started. <laughs> and she looked up until the light went red. All right, come on. Okay. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I think it's you know there's a, a really interesting idea that you know people enjoy helping people, and you know especially the more established you become in your career, you see it less about developing yourself and more about developing others. And if you have someone who comes to you and says, you know, I'm really interested in your industry, can I do anything for a week or two weeks to understand more about it, to see if it's something I want to pursue? Like, I personally would be doing anything I can to get that person through the door. Welcome to the 20 Minute Mentors Podcast. Recorded in Clan Viperth Wing Ed Kun Welling King Drof Kun Lands and Go Yazilia Gogogo. Here's your hosts. Welcome back to 20 Minute Mentors. Today, we're continuing the last episode and talking about how you find your career fit. In the last episode, we spoke about what might help you understand what career might be best for you and how you could find a career based on your ikigai or your what external factors are around you, what interests you and what you think you're good at. Today we're going to keep exploring that subject and we're going to look more into the practical steps. So we've looked at some of the concepts like Ikigai and now we're going to look at actually where can you go to get information, resources and further your understanding. I'm Matt. I'm joined by Michael. Present. Thank you. And <laughs> let- <laughs> Present. That is amazing. Okay. So yeah, in the last episode, we spoke around trying to find your career fit and finding things that would interest you and help you lead towards a career that, you know, you could be interested in or maybe you have some skills in and, that you know, potentially could be impacted by your factors around you. This is obviously the Ikigai model that we spoke about. Um, there's another model that has become quite popular in recent years, especially within the business world, and that's the Myers-Briggs model. And this is looking at, you know, where you register on the Myers-Briggs scale. For those who haven't come across Myers-Briggs before, it's like a personality test almost, um, and it helps you define, you know, your key characteristics, such as, you know, are you an introverted or extroverted person? Do you, you know, are you a thinker or a perceiver? You know, do you, and kind of where do you sit on that scale? There's a load of really interesting resources to dig into. There's a really interesting quiz online, which is the 16 personalities test. And that's an online test that gives you a rough indication of what your Myers-Briggs personality trait is. Now, again, these should always be taken as guidance and not a definitive. You know, if the test was to come back and say that you're an analytical person like myself, that doesn't mean that you have to spend your career in medicine or in some type of analytical background. It's just where you have scored on the test. And I think that's really important to remember. It's not, you know, you come back as a person who enjoys being outdoor and working with your hands doesn't mean you have to become a park ranger. It just gives you a rough guidance to what things, if you have no idea at all, you might enjoy doing. So outside of Myers-Briggs, we're also going to talk about a few other concepts that might help you 
if you have identified what career you want to do, how to get your foot in the door and how to try and make those first inroads or first steps. The first one is one we've got here in the UK, and I'm sure it's different around the world, but it's work experience. Now, in the UK, typically, especially when I was at school, we did work experience. And this was like a two-week period where you went off into the world of work. I think you did it in year 10, and you spent time in a business. And that was up to you as an individual to you know, make the connection with the person who was working in that industry, um, introduce yourself, and kind of spend two weeks unpaid working in that industry. It was a really interesting way of getting some insight into the industry itself, but also how you as an individual could fit in there. And when I was at school, this was a great resource for me because I went into IT. I spent two weeks working with an IT support team. It was really eye-opening because it gave me an insight into what I could be doing if I was to go into that type of role. I'm aware that's a very UK-specific thing, though. Mike, is there anything that you know about that's similar to that where in your part of the world? Yes, I think I actually went through the same thing. You mentioned that was um, your year 10 for you. So basically that was during high school, if I were to compare it to the Philippines. But we went through it somewhere around the last year of college. So that would be around the third, fourth year of my political science course. So it was kind of longer, though. We, we went through it. We, we called it OJT, or on-the-job training. And that experience was done over a full semester, so kind of like around four to six months. But it's kind of the same. You get to experience, you know, what is it like to work in a professional workspace and get to have like real world insights as to what it is really to work in that specific field. So, yeah. Was that part of the your university course, like, like a placement to do with university then? Yes, I would say it's like a placement, but I'm not sure how it goes in the UK, but at least for, from what I can remember, it was us, the students, who selected or chose the companies that we wanted to. It's kind of like we call it intern, though. So mm. pretty similarly, it's like an internship. So we chose a company that we wanted to intern at or do the on-the-job training, and then we get it approved by the instructor. And then once we get the approval, then a week or two after, we start working there a few hours a week for four to six months. Wow. Is four, it the same for you in the UK? A four to six months is, is super long. So I'm trying to think if, so I didn't go to university. I obviously just did school and college and then went into work. And at school, or I'll call it high school or comprehensive school, we did, I don't think the school had any say. I think you kind of just reached out to organizations. And because everyone does it, a lot of organizations are kind of aware of it. So I remember one of my first jobs working in retail, when I'd left school and I was working in retail, we Every year we'd have two or three work experience people drop in with us and, and kind of experience it. So this, the school side or when you're at comprehensive or high school is is very different. It's like two weeks maximum. Um, it's very much off your own steam um, to kind of find something and get on with it. You don't ever really check in with anyone either. So that part around, you know, getting your, your university or college to agree, that didn't happen. But I know when you go to that higher education, so for us, university or for your comparison college, um, we do have placements. And I'm fairly sure that as part of things like medical degrees, there is a kind of a year or if not more placement needed to kind of you do that sort of so much theory and then a little bit of practical. So I guess that's probably the most comparable thing is the placement. Yes, you're exactly right. And 
I think the, the the work experience that you mentioned earlier, it was done at a pretty earlier stage of one's educational life. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think work experience can be taken as a bit of a laugh. And I know a lot of people when I was at school, you know, found the easiest gig they could do because that it was just two weeks out of school. Um, but then I know people, you know, like myself who thought, actually, I have an interest in IT. I'm going to try and find a, an IT role that matches with that. So yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, a very early stage, you're still in education, you have this opportunity to make the use of your work experience time or internship time or, or college placement or whatever it might be. So I think that's a really an early and, and simple indicator of you know, what type of industry you could go into. Yeah, and, and to add something about the the choice of what organization or where you want to go to, though, and, and I think one of the reasons that professors or institutions check or have like a verification in the Philippines is probably because it's abused sometimes. Like, mm. let's say, for example, for, for my case, I, I can't speak for any other courses or any other programs, but at least for political science, I do know of someone personally who kind of interned or had a work experience, quote unquote, mm. at his relative's pawn shop. And I don't know what? how that went through. What? <laughs> and I don't know how that's related to political science at all. But I guess that's one of the reasons why, you know, verification has been done because it, often than not, it's being abused mm. by people. Wow. And it also relates somehow to what you said, like, you know, just go for the easiest gig. And I think it's pretty similar in concept. <laughs> wow. And that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> But to I be think, honest, you're just cheating yourself, though, if you if you go through that, because you won't really have the taste of what it's like to work in the field that you're going into. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I people at my school, so I grew up in the, the northeast of England, and, you know, there was a few people who had a real interest in sport and sports scientists and being personal trainers, and they got some really interesting work placements. I think at least two of them ended up going to the sort of local football team, which is, you know, very massive for them at that young age um, I don't know another one ended up working as a like a, working alongside a personal trainer for a week so I think you know it is what you make of it really um, it's difficult because you know at 14 when I was in year 10 and being given the opportunity to have two weeks out of school the temptation to take the easy route is always there um, so yeah I, I think it's a really work experience is a really valuable resource um, especially if you can and it's not just for when you're at school um, so a, a lot of businesses in the UK especially see people wanting to do work experience, I'd say later in their career, sort of in their early 20s, maybe early 30s. My, my wife's told me a few stories about people who have come into her place of business and said, I want to see if this is the right career for me. You know, can I do a week or two weeks work experience? And, you know, in for to kind of get the understanding on both parties, you know, someone who's then getting experience of the industry which is really, really interesting for them. They're building the relationship with that person who is quote unquote hiring them. But then the business is also getting that potential free labor for a period of time. So for everybody, it's a win-win situation. You're getting experience of the industry. You're building a very good relationship or network. And you're also, the business is benefiting from it too. So you know, work experience is a really good thing, but it's not something that should be forgotten about. And it's actually a really powerful thing to be able to do earlier into your career as you get older. No one that I'm aware of, hire manager-wise or business, will turn down the possibility of, of someone working for free. And it shows a couple of things. It shows, you know, that you have interest in the industry, which is huge. It shows that you have that proactivity 
to get out there and actually, you know, approach someone and kind of drive yourself, which, you know, we spoke about in the last episode. If you are lacking the skills, having the interest and the proactiveness to actually do it is two things that employers are definitely going to be looking for. Yeah, I think the term that you used in the previous episode was enthusiasm. That's it. That's it. Yeah, enthusiasm. That was it. Proactivity, enthusiasm. I, yeah, I'm glad you knew what I meant. Yeah, to be honest, I'm, well, while I'm listening to you now, I know we're, we're both recording, but that thought or that idea is actually something very new to me because I never really knew that no something like that existed. In my head, I always thought that if you wanted to join, you'd have to go through the steps that we talked about previously, like um, taking some courses or actually gaining the skill or learning about that field beforehand and trying your luck into applying into the most entry-level jobs or perhaps even volunteer. Well, I guess work experience in itself is volunteering Mm -hmm. because it's unpaid. But I never really thought about it, like, you know, just approaching a hiring manager or approaching a company that, hey, I want to get some experience in this industry. Uh, Could you give me like a week or two uh, just to, you know, see if, this is the right career for me. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you mentioned that, though. I mean, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners would actually benefit from that idea as well, because mm. I think that may be just a UK thing. But who knows? You know, some companies, both in the Philippines or maybe here in Australia, also adopts the same. Mm. And yeah, I hope that's something that they can use. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, there's a a really interesting idea that, you know, people enjoy helping people. And, you know, especially the more established you become in your career, you see it less about developing yourself, more about developing others. And if you have someone who comes to you and says, you know, I'm really interested in your industry, can I do anything for a week or two weeks to understand more about it, to see if it's something I want to pursue? Like I personally would be doing anything I can to get that person through the door. Because it, it not only does, like I said before, it shows enthusiasm, it shows you know, that person is interested. But, you know, having that person essentially come to you and go, I'm really interested in what you do. Can you help me, you know, by giving me this opportunity? There might be limitations around, you know, whether this one actually has the space or whatever in the company to bring you in. But I think it's definitely one of the places people should look if they're not sure of an industry. Because you're right, you know, you could... and. It links onto another topic, which is, you know, volunteering. I I spent 12 weeks training to become a, what we call in the UK, a special constable, a reserve police officer, an unpaid police officer. And you see a lot of people who are interested in services such as the police, the fire service, the army, the NHS here, or the health service, wherever you are, where, you know, they have such a high dropout rate of people that join, realize it's not for them and drop out, that they create these volunteer organizations. So the, you know, the police has got the special constabulary, the fire service has got the retained firefighters, the army's got the reserves, I think was the territorial army, NHS has got St. John's Ambulance, where they're all organizations that you can join, you can get the practical skills for, and then they can you can understand what that industry looks like before you actually join and get in the door. And like I said, I mean, I joined, I spent 12 weeks training to become a, a police officer. That was around my full-time job. So I did it on the evenings and weekends. Um, and then I spent four and a half years, you know, as a reserve police officer. Now in my group of people, 80% of those people went off to join full-time. 
And I, th- I think that's really fascinating because it gives you, you're getting the insight into the role. Now, it, police is a little bit different to retail or a job in IT or whatever it may be. But, you know, that function has been set up so you can get some experience in role. And then you have this big turnover of people who, you know, who actually go in, try it out, realize it is for them and then join. And I think it links a little bit into the work experience, but, you know, look for whether the organization you want to join, typically those, those four or five have that volunteer side, you know, the police, fire service, army, NHS, they definitely have them. Um, search and rescue is linked to them too. So there is lots of volunteer organizations that might be linked to the industry that you're interested in. That could also be a good way through the door. Mm, that's exactly right. And I also wonder if there's like, you know, aside from companies or organizations that actually give you like, I wouldn't really call it free trial, but it, it's kind of like that in a sense. But, you know, a company that helps you connect to those types of organizations or like maybe a, a nonprofit, would you have something like that in the UK? Oh, 100%. Yeah, there is, you know, there is lots of organizations like that that have links to you know whether it be a non-profit that can get your um your foot in the door in a certain industry so for example a good friend of mine is very highly rated salesforce developer here in the uk and he dedicates a lot of his time to working with his local charity to help them on board into salesforce so he you know, spends a lot of time and kind of puts salesforce in and you know they don't pay him and he kind of he, he shares his skills with that charity but he also shares his skills with people who come in to support too. So everyone in that charity is getting the experience of working with this very highly rated developer and also learn part of his journey too. So we, we have that side of, you know, you could, you could look for a charity or a nonprofit that, that specializes, but we also have the Prince's Trust um, here in the UK. And I'm not sure if you have anything similar in the Philippines or Australia. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm not even familiar with the Princess <laughs> Trust, so fine. Okay, yeah, for the sake of you know, for the listeners and myself, could you briefly explain it to us? Of course. Please? So yeah, of course, the Princess Trust. It's like a um, how do you explain it? It's an organization which has been set up. Um, it's not owned by Harry or William. I guess that's probably the first thought, but it's an organization <laughs> which has been set up to help support people who come out of education. So quite similar to what we're doing in this episode, like here are resources you can go to. The Prince's Trust, they run courses in person or virtual, um, and they will let you sort of book onto a course, book onto a, you know, a, a call with some of the people that they sponsor and bring in. And by using the Prince's Trust, you can get those skills. You can search for a course that helps you build confidence, search for a course that will help you start a business. And there are people who, a bit like we're doing on this podcast, who have got established careers who dedicate their time to developing people in the Prince's Trust. So, you know, some some courses are a couple of weeks, some are a bit longer. I think 12 to 18 weeks are some of the longest ones I've seen. Um, But again, that's kind of evening and weekends. And if you're between, I think it's 16 and 30, you can join, sign up for a course. And then whether it's in person or virtually, you can be essentially mentored by some very big names in industry who will help you build confidence, produce presentations, start your own business. They're all in teaching you these really key skills um, and that's completely free. Um, and it's been set up. I think it was set up by 
Charles before he was king, and I think it's just remained. Um, but it's a completely free, non-profit resource you can just sign up and get involved in. That's kind of the Princess Trust in a nutshell. Do you have anything like that where you are, Mike? I'm thinking about it, but off the top of my head, I'm not aware of something like that in the Philippines. I think there might be something like that in Australia, and you know, thinking that you know Australia is a part of the Commonwealth, but. Yeah, I do need to do some research about that. But I'm pretty sure that that is something that our listeners would actually value as well. Like mm-hmm. now that you've mentioned it, I'm sure there's something like that in every area um, where you are. So, yeah. I was just doing a quick search while you were talking and Princess Trust Australia is a thing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'm going to look into that as well. So yeah, it's um, exactly the same as it is in the UK by the looks of it. Um, running different projects, um, looks at the same age group. Um, so yeah, you're right. There seems to be something in the, uh, whether it be ex-Commonwealth countries or whatever it may be, um, there is definitely one in the Australia too. Yep. So for any Australian listening to the podcast, then yeah, the website is princess-trust.org.au. That's it. And the one in the UK is princesstrust.org. What UK, I think. I'm now my search history is now only showing me the Australian one. Oh, it's um, it's exactly the same. I'll try that. I'll hold link again. <laughs> and for anyone listening in the UK, it's exactly the same URL, but instead of .org.au, it's .org.uk. Okay. And for anyone listening from the Philippines, it's the Twenty Minute Mentors Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Always get a link in. I like it. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about our next section, which is, you know, you might have an idea where you want to go. You know, you might have done your work experience. You might have done your Myers-Briggs. You might have looked into the Princess Trust. You're still not really necessarily getting the answer you need. Um, maybe your company doesn't have a volunteer organization associated to it. The next place that I would start looking would be a recruitment fair. And these are fairly common in the UK. I, I see them posted every couple of weeks where, you know, you will have, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 businesses to send upon a, normally to football clubs, but I guess they're quite common here, or, sport, or you know, sports halls or community centres, uh, where you'll have local businesses set up a stand and they will be, you know, helping people who are looking for, for work. Now, these are good if you're looking for work, but also really good if you're wanting to understand the steps you need to take to get into a particular role. So... For, for example, if you're looking to get into a an accountancy job at a particular company, you can talk to the people at the careers fairs or the recruitment fairs who will be able to tell you, you know, this is the pathway you need to take to become an accountant at our company. Um, so there, people see these as kind of, I want to turn up, I want to hand my CV out and I want to get a job. But actually there's a little bit more to it of you can use these people's time to really understand a lot about what it would take to get a role in their industry. Is that something you've come across as well? Yeah, for sure. Back when I was still studying in college, there would be, I think it would be semestral. I think the, the schedule for that. So basically these companies, and uh, at least in the Philippines, most of them would be BPO, companies, like for, for call centers, because that's one of the largest industries in the Philippines. But yeah, we, we do have like career fairs or job fairs conducted in universities from time to time. Did you attend many of them when you, know, when you were at college or was it something you tend to avoid? To be honest, I remember, you know, dropping by, but none of the companies really interested 
me at that point because I already knew that after I graduate from from that course, I'm going to be joining the family business. Mm. So uh, at that point, I wasn't really very interested in applying. Yeah, cool. And then I think that neatly leads on to the next one too. So, you know, we've got, when you think about what we've explored here, we've talked about work experience, Prince's Trust, you know, looking at, you know, volunteer organizations, talking about, you know, recruitment fairs within the work experience, you know, talking to people that are in the industry and reaching out and kind of, you know, seeing what they do. Another pathway that exists is agency. Now, recruitment agencies can be a little bit different depending on what type of industry you're applying for. But I find that recruitment agencies really tend to be quite a helpful place to understand um, more about a, a role or a company. So, for example, when I first started getting involved in product, um, I'd been a business analyst for six years and the business world had started to shift across to product. So a lot of the companies had sort of ditched product ways of working and moved towards agile ways of working, which is more of a, a you know, more linked to product and application development and software development. And I remember speaking to a recruitment agency and saying, you know, I can see business analyst roles are starting to transform into product roles. I'm worried that my role might not transfer as well. What do I need to do to be viable for product roles? And that agency gave me a load of really interesting advice, you know, look into these particular frameworks, look into how things work in certain areas. I think they talked about, you know, Scrum and Agile and all these different concepts that, you know, was completely invaluable advice. Now, the agency wasn't able to find a role for me, but them put pointing me in that right direction to say, you know, when we're recruiting for these roles, we're looking for people with these qualifications or these backgrounds or these interests. That was a game changer for me because that led me to go on and then start exploring what it meant to change roles, what it meant to find a different career, and then tailor my CV and my approach to that thing. So agency is a little bit of an out there one, but I think they're a really good resource to rely upon if all of these other resources and ideas haven't worked by this point. Nah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I don't have a lot of experience with agencies, but I did have one agency reached out to me in the past. That was when I was looking for a job and they actually connected me to some different companies that might have matched my background and experience. And yes, I do remember the recruiter or well, whatever the lady or the lady's role was, but I do remember getting some, you know, very helpful advices from them, especially since that was when I arrived here in Australia and didn't really know much about, you know, the the workplace culture or the the market at the moment. So yeah, to, to what you said about agencies knowing the landscape and, you know, giving you valuable advice as to what may or may not work to your advantage is actually a very good place to to start when you're looking, you know, change your career or perhaps start your career. Mm. And in, in the UK, we have two types of industry agencies. I'm sure that's similar around the world, but you have, you know, your recruitment agency, which is, as you've, as we both described there, that agency that understands the landscape, understands what people are looking for. They're working directly with employers and they are paid a commission if they get someone in a role that they're recruiting for. Usually that works by, you know, they would pay a percentage of the salary that someone joins their company with. But you also have temp agencies. And these are really interesting sort of setups for people who, again, potentially looking to understand if they'll like a business before committing to it. 
temp agencies we see a lot here, especially around Christmas or in industries that are very fast paced. So things like Amazon in my local town here, you know, a lot of the Amazon staff are provided by agencies um, and they are, you know, bought in. The agency kind of does all the paperwork for them and then they're kind of delivered or, or kind of start Amazon working under the agency. The same with a lot of sort of data entry rules and office rules. They'll be dealt with by sort of temporary agency workers and that can be used both ways, right? So by the company that are providing you, they are making money from you working in that company. The company that you're going to, they are getting someone who's going to come in and learn and you are getting an insight into whether that industry or area is something you want to do or understand more about. Um, and again, using that concept we spoke about last episode about looking left and right of where your goal is, if you're interested in working as a you know, software engineer, getting some insight into how an office works and how people interact with each other is, is really interesting. It is really sort of, it's a good skill or, or bit of experience to get. The same as if you're wanting to work as a software developer and you spend six weeks over Christmas working in Amazon, you're seeing the end product of, you know, what people are doing and interacting with. So, you know, temp agencies sometimes have a little bit of a reputation of, you know, they're just quick places to get people in and out of. But actually, I see them as a really valuable resource of, you know, you can get some experience very quickly and it might not be exactly the industry that you're looking to go to, but it will definitely give you a an ability to tickle across that place off as somewhere that you enjoyed or was applicable to the career that you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that covers everything off that we want to talk about in this episode. Obviously, we've given you a load of um, resources and places to look and, and place to get information from. Um, if we think back over the two episodes, we've talked about Ikigai, we've talked about how you can identify something you might be interested in, how you can identify what motivates you, uh, areas that you think you have an interest in or might be good at, um, how you can develop yourself through courses and you know how something that might not look right, exactly right at the time could potentially be left or right of what you're looking for. Uh, obviously in this episode, we spoke around Myers-Briggs and what personality sets might fit and also you know, work versus experience, Prince's Trust, volunteer organisations, uh, recruitment companies and agencies. Hopefully through these two episodes, we've been able to give you some pointers, some tips that might help you understand what type of career you want to go into and, and where you might land. We're always keen to hear from you, whether this has been an interesting episode, whether you've got more advice or something that you would change. Um, feel free to reach out to us. We just created a YouTube channel just for the podcast. It's the, the same name, 20 Minute Mentors. That's a place where you can freely comment out, you know, anything that you wanted to send to us. And we're also going to be attaching a link where you can send in voice messages um, in the show notes. So feel free to use that or wherever. We want to hear from you and don't hesitate to reach out to us. And we would definitely appreciate it if you let us hear from you anything. Our doors are open. So with that, Matt, I'll let you do the ending. As Michael said, you know, we have, we're setting up the socials, so they'll be available. All of the things we discussed this episode will be in the show notes. So the links to, you know, how to find your nearest uh, job center and, and agency and Prince's Trust and even the Myers-Briggs test, we'll make sure that's all accessible in the show notes. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach us there. Well, we definitely have gone over 20 minutes on this one, so we'll leave it as, as punchy as we can. 
and thank you for listening. All right. See you next time, guys. Thank you.